So, I think we're settling in a bit, a bit more. Bits of us still out there, out there in the water somewhere. Right. So there's a, there's a kind of gathering on the refuge. This practice is about uh, regaining, regaining our presence. Mm. Presence gets lost, uh, spirals out into various forms of absence. That's the distractions, pasts, futures, out there's regrets, things we haven't done, things hanging over us, kind of pulling us out, spiraling out and attracts a kind of accelerating energy that inspires out further and further. You know, so one worries about one, one's worries, one feels, then one feels averse to one's worries, then one thinks, oh, the hell with it, I'll do something else instead. <laughs> so you get into a bit of, you know, sense distraction, and it's all further, you know, it's an accelerating process of getting further and further and further like that um, because of that that the 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 loss of center the loss of 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 axis the loss of presence so when one's lost presence you know all there is is just the sensory data there's no reference there's no real you may be have an intellectual reference of really to think about it but you haven't actually got a, an energetic reference you haven't got a sort of sense of a calm a still point that can think, hey, that's pulling. What's that? You actually, you know, all of what you feel yourself as being is that pull. There's only pull. You know, pulling in different ways, or being pulled, or you know, but one's out there, on on the on the skid, as it were. And uh, you know. We don't have an anchor, or we lose the anchor. So we can maybe change direction of skid. Mm. It gets like that when you when you spin out. Mm. Maybe you know this. Oh, the other thing is when just kind of uh, they get the collapse, the numb, the the kind of the the, the shutdown effect. Which is some things that happen in skids, isn't it? You know, you just jam on the brakes, and you know, hang on the steering wheel, and <laughs> you're, not, you're not kind of, you know, trying to maneuver anymore. You just kind of grab hold of the wheel, put your foot on the brakes, close your eyes, and just think of something else, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Wait for the bang, and just toughen up to try and resist the eventual impact that's going to happen. So there's a fair bit of that happens too for us. So we, you know, when we we lose when we we when we lose center, where you know it's like you're tumbling over, and you don't even hold on to. So all you do is just kind of huddle to try to you know, hit the ground with as least damage as possible. So in those with those kind of experiences of 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 loss of presence, loss of center, then uh, you know, we, we come to Dharma kind of, uh, you know, bits sort of quite numb, defended, perhaps, um, you know, unrevealed, you know, even strangers to herself, not really knowing herself, bits that are just not there, not felt, or or kind of felt as a as a weighty resignation or a dreariness or a slight sadness or a tenseness or a you know a kind of grayness in life the the lightness the joy the immediacy is gone 
and maybe we've managed to survive by we've given up the immediacy for sort of a um, streetwise protectiveness. Mm-hmm. In in uh, in Dharma practice, then the things that one uh, ways one cultivates is more or less um, universally, whatever systems we use. Really, there's the there's the sensitizing, the opening up of the of the numb, kind of the the suppling, the revealing, uh, and the and so what comes out of the numbs patch is often. You know, things that that we haven't been able to manage, and we've just kind of closed our eyes on, mm. closed down on you know, sorrows, losses, mm. some kind, and being able to kind of loosen, loosen, loosen to to allow that to have its say. And the other aspect is is just pulling in the slack. So that you know the outspin, the spin out is 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 tethered, is hooked, is gradually drawn in, like a wild fish on the end of a line. You know, you you, you hook it, and then you know, it runs a bit, and you pull it in, runs a bit, you pull it in. And you just keep every time you can, you just pull in the slack, you pull in the slack, till you till you you know till it comes out of the water, as it were. And you, sense of clarity presence mm. and these processes kind of go on simultaneously in a way sometimes it's, we're just actually loosening up stuff that's just running out you know there's a kind of loosening and that stuff just kind of starts to run out of us maybe you know mostly been on retreat you have those times when you just start you find yourself crying or you know stuff is just running through you and uh yeah, that's part of it. And being able to, you know, when when stuff does run out, that we've got some some net to catch it in. Presence of, you know, this is what a, a, a re- while we come on retreat, we have a we have a tangible situation to hold it. We've got a place, we've got a time, we've got a routine, we've got a certain vibe. You know, of collectedness of people being present. We somehow we share in the presence of others, mm. and there's something that can help us to hold teachings, teachings of the Buddha, reminding us, hey, you know, there's nothing to add to about this. This is how it is. This is the this is where we are. There's nothing to be. be uh, panicked about in all this this is karma this is the, the dukkha this is where we are and uh, what a strange kind of kindness it is a strange kind of bitter medicine but a very efficacious medicine the medicine of dharma dukkha you know, we're all here you're not nobody's leaving you you're not out there on your own it's part of the net, isn't it, that helps us to, to hold us, these stuff and pull it in. Mm. And we're pulling it in to the point when that instead of uh, just thinking about it, worrying about it, blaming it, making brave resolutions that we can't keep, uh, or interpreting it and analysing it and thinking we understand it that way, we bring it into the point where presence resonates with that. There's a sense of, ah. And this is uh, the realisation that leads to cessation. The cessation is that's done that's you know 
the movement has stopped, the play has stopped, we've reached the point where that's now at rest, that's finished for us, we've, we've digested that. And cessation is certainly not a one-off experience, it's an it's experience that every, every insight really arises from cessation. It doesn't arise before cessation, it arises after it. Get, ah, you know, just there's something finally stops running. Mm. The confusion, the, 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 the skid, the slide actually stops. <laughs> mm. And of course, this, you know, in, from, a, from a rational point of view, it's, it's puzzling because actually things in one way are exactly the way they were before. It, the problem is exactly what it is, was before. In some way, nothing has changed, but it, what's changed is it's now related to presence. You know, we're now present with that rather than karmically active on it, karmically sliding around on it. So there's something that can say, you know, oh, it's like this. Oh. Famous story uh, which you can use for many, uh, several analogies, but there's the story of the Kisa Gotami, which you probably know, um, the woman who dearly wanted a child, um, gave birth to a child, the child died. Uh, so, out of her mind, with, with grief, you know, kind of just spun right out with shock and grief. Um, so, they say there's this Buddha, wise man, holy man, you know, he can help you. So, as you see the Buddha, would have said, yeah, I can help you. Um, sure, I can help you. Go and get a mustard seed. Just give me a mustard seed. I can, I can help you. She said, oh, that's well, wonderful. She said, yeah, but you've got to get a mustard seed. Somebody has to give it to you. It doesn't cost, you know, it doesn't cost anything. Anybody can give you a mustard seed. But give somebody who lives in a house where nobody's died. So she goes to the village. Says, please, please. I'm desperate. Can I have one mustard seed? Just give me one mustard seed. I said, sure, no problem. Let's give the mustard seed. She said, um, has anybody in this house died? And they said, oh, please. My, my husband died uh, six months ago. Oh, mustard seed back. Go to the next house. You know, anybody here who's died? Oh, don't remind us of our grief. My mother died last year. You know, Next house. Oh, my son just passed away a week ago. Yeah. My husband was killed in battle just ten days ago. So on around the whole village. You know, that sort of. And then coming back to the Buddha, having gone around the entire village where everybody has someone who's died. Still, baby's still dead. Yeah. In a way, seeing the she's, she's found no nothing, and yet she's come into presence with that. Comes back to the Buddha, and the Buddha, you know, the the witness, the central axis of presence, the Buddha. She comes back to that. Ah, I see. This is what the way it is. I can bury the child. Not, I don't care, not so what, but the something has occurred where one, the, what was uh, the predicament, purely personal predicament one is spinning out on, one is actually in contained in the field of humanity, if you like, there's the attention, her attention has been drawn to the total field of human beings, and it's found a limit, it's found a boundary. This is the human boundary, death is the human boundary, 
on the sensory level, on the sensory level, this is the certainty, maybe the only certainty that we all share in common. Death. She's reached the boundary and she's been contained by that. It was a big boundary. She had a lot of grief. Needed a big space. Buddha offered her a very large space. Um, having reached that, being contained by that, the net, if you like, of that of that boundary uh, comes back to the center. The Buddha. Uh, it's finished. You know, it's been contained. It's been felt. He didn't tell her to snap out of it. <laughs> you know, or, or or even explain anything. Say, well, everybody dies. You know, because even though that's true, she wasn't in a place to hear that. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have resonated for her. It had just been somebody else saying something, you know, that was that wasn't what she wanted to hear, and she'd run off to somebody else, say, "Please, please, what can you do?" You know, everybody knows, you know, she knew already that, that everybody dies, but it didn't resonate. She was still spinning, and she needed to find a boundary to be contained by where there would be that sense of resonance, that is, empathy. You know, you're not out there on your own, you haven't spun off on your own. You're in a field, a shared field of humans. And so that connects, doesn't it? You actually, you are somewhere and you're connected to it. And that's what pulls you back. That's the net of connectedness. And you get this sense of a shiver of recognition runs across that. You too. You too. You too. You. You. Oh. Ah. It could be recognition. There's compassion there. Compassion is an empathetic sharing of passion. Sharing of the pain, the sorrow. Yeah. Notice what when we lose it, when one is lost in that, in one's stuff, you don't get that same sense of, of connectedness. You don't get the same sense of, you know, we're all in this together. It's me, I'm such a nitwit, me, oh me, oh my mind is such a mess. (laughs) My life. (laughs) You know. And uh, in a retreat, this is very challenging because normally you just go and find someone and say, hey, me, my life is a mess. They say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, my mind, you know, hug and, oh, right, yeah. Right, my life is a mess. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> you know, something like like that can occur, doesn't it? This is what, we, you know, if we have good friends, then we do. If we don't have good friends, it's, it's just, well, so what? <laughs> you know, so if you have good friends, it helps. Kalyana Mitta. They're not somebody to say, oh no, no, everything's all right, really, or you know, <laughs> you know cheer up, look on the bright side. <laughs> But actually, sort of saying yes, yes, yes. Not oh yes, I've been through that. I'll get you'll get over it. No, no, no. <laughs> Not well. What you need to do is, but just yes, yes. And it holds you. It's lovely when you have good friends. Mm. 
maybe, you know, we, we, we could be good friends to ourselves, we'd be able to be good friends to other people more completely, which would be great. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, if I haven't actually you know, found that, that way of handling my own dukkha, the chances are, you know, when somebody else's dukkha comes along my way, I'm going to say, oh, yeah, well, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, start defending myself against it, uh, interpreting it. Well, I think it's because your cancer's in ascendant, I think. Or, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, advising, you know, what you need to do is, and, uh, oh, perhaps sort of, you know, quite good intention, but not, not present with it. Sometimes all these cures are ways of deflecting some of the, the sharp edge of that stuff. Mm. In Dharma practice then, we, we perhaps we can learn this more accurately in the field of our own being. Mm. We see the attempts to make it okay, the attempts to look on the bright side, the attempts to keep ourselves dumb with talks and, or, you know, shut up, stop it, you know, don't really work. No, it's, bit, it's so frustrating, isn't it? You know, you loop off for the 700th time in a day. You know, out there, and then, oh no, and then long comes, you an idiot, why are you wasting <laughs> get back there, this is a pointless, you know, you know, and tidy up your act, you know, get down there, get down there. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of got something, little thing you really got your teeth into, you're worrying, obsessing with it, and, grrr, and then, you know, along comes your kind of dharmic bodyguard and says, drop it. Drop it, drop it. Mm-hmm. So, drop it for a little while till they've gone away. <laughs> then you go back onto it again. <laughs> gone. <laughs> just one little little bite, just this, you know, one little little chew. <laughs> and then you think, why don't I ever learn anything? Why don't I ever learn this? You know, it's so so humbling. I've been at this, you know, fifteen years. Why don't I learn something about this stuff? It's uh, so really, you know, the the learning process is is sharpened by how the strength of presence. Um, you know, if we can, it's this process whereby if you can actually hold, contain. Yeah. Which has to be in a way be be empathetic rather than um you know um, compensating or criticizing, but just empathetic this is how it feels. And then there's a boundary to that. This is what it is to have a have a body. This is what it is to have sense organs, this is what it is to be to um you know the kind of energies and conditioning that we that we experience. The sensory pull, the the, the vulnerability, the, the not wanting to be hurt, the wanting to have something to to hold on to, the the whole sense predicament of having been born into this then we're born into this kind of matrix. But to remember that we're not just something that's been born. There is this which has been born. This is the matrix. And there's presence which hasn't been born not contained in, in the in the sense sensory deal as it were. It's it's um, it's not a sense sense organ. It's not, it's not a sense doesn't work in the same way 
It's not attracted or repelled. It uh, doesn't go into the pleasure-pain modality which other, which the sensory things do. It's just clear presence. It's the thing that's been there always for you. Sort of half referred to now and then, but not enough, not encouraged, not really trained. Mm. We think and we feel, we don't see things, we don't awaken in presence, using presence. Buddha. In the teaching, it's recognized that sila, samadhi, panya, skillful, um, calm of body and uh, speech, the sila, the precepts, the moral, the ethics, the virtue, the, the sense of creating, the ability to create boundaries and limitations that are set up for empathy. That's the basis of it. This really is the we can look at the precepts as in, in topical ways, but when you look at them in their fundamental ways, what they're saying is, don't do to something else what you don't wouldn't want to have done to yourself. Don't cheat. Don't be. Don't lie. Don't stab with words. Don't gossip. Don't bash. Don't be harsh with words. What kind of words would you like? What kind of speech would you like? Do that instead. Stuff that goes to the heart is lovely to listen to. Hits the mark. Cheers. Sobers. Steadies. Calms. Brings you alive. It's possible. Mm. Don't do to others what you wouldn't want to have done to yourself. Try to do to others what you would like to have. Honesty. Kindness, gentleness, straightness, clarity. Mm. This is the basis of, of sila, good karma. And you see how we can lose that, even as an idea, it gets lost. One doesn't actually know really what it means. We kind of think we know what it means, but we don't really tune into what, it, what it's about otherwise there would be no problem with it but it is difficult for people they think, oh, I don't want to do that what's a little bit of this you know. we're out on the skids we're sliding and in that we don't really understand the full responsibility of the, of the, the, the there, are other, there are other beings Now we all know there are other people, but we we kind of often a lot of the time we don't we don't really act like there are other people. The real otherness is not marvelled at, uh, used the sense in which people become aspects of myself. They become aspects of my needs, aspects of my fears, aspects of my comforts, aspects of my criticism, aspects of my judgmentalness, they become basically shadow puppets there's only me here you know, and, and, a, and a few shadows <laughs> shadow puppets as it were and then you, you know, bring them on whether you want that one, put it away we don't want that one and that kind of uh, thing can be happening for us in different ways yeah. So, and of course, the planet becomes a place for my needs and a place that for my convenience, comfort, and so on, and takes all my rubbish and gives me all my fruit. I think that's what it's there for. The whole planet, because it's just a, you know, the universe. Who knows? This is how. This is what it's like out on the skids. There's no, nobody else here but me. But it doesn't. You don't think that. But 
karmically one's acting in that way. Everything is 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 centered around around me. There's no other pole in the in the universe. It's just me. Everything's centered around me. Um, and one isn't really even conscious of that because then sort of the, so because in a way that's that's the 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 modalities in which a lot of behavior is occurring. And the sense organs are saying, oh, you know, yeah, there's other people, she's there, he's there, of course there are other people. But in terms of, of actual energetic responsiveness, there isn't. We don't feel each other, we see each other, we touch each other, but actually, you know, vibrate, resonate, empathize is um, a lesser thing amongst humans. Or it's a thing that humans lose. I mean, that's, goodness me, let's hope we don't lose it all the time. But I'm sure, you know, we can do it when you kind of, you know, in mass cultures and mass civilizations and mass cities and you're looking at humans on screens and a lot of your world is now coming on a little two-dimensional screen. I mean, good grief, it's hardly surprising one loses it. <laughs> you know, people getting blown to pieces on the screen. And, and you know, you see that children actually model that. They don't really realize it's, you know, that is somebody else getting killed. It's just bang, bang, you know, like it happens on the screen. You know, energetically, there's not an awareness. Mm. And so, you know, have those people, have they broken the precepts or what? They haven't really broken them, they haven't actually had them. It's not a real conscious breaking so much as just never having really held it, had it in the first, had the basis, isn't, hasn't been established for that. This is... Uh, this is um, shocking because um, when that's lost, and the Buddha said, when this is lost, then um, crops don't grow, the rain doesn't come down. Obviously, he hadn't been to Devon. <laughs> uh, basically, he predicted. Uh, <laughs> Huge amounts of environmental destruction, uh, uh, huge amounts of, of violent and uh, destructive sexual behaviour, and um, it's, it's, one could say, well, it's quite near the mark because the the basic fabric of sila has not been known, felt, experienced. And without that, you know, some quality of what it is to be empathetic, to say, there is another being, you know, you know, outside of my, my little domain of somebody else, you know, and you can actually resonate off them. You're interested. You're you're picking it up. You're aware. You're concerned. You're you know, you're steering with them. This is uh, when we can do this. This is great. Mm-hmm. Very clarifying. Samadhi uh, arises from that because samadhi is really a deepening around that uh, quality of connectedness. Sila deals with it, if you like, externally. Samadhi deals with it internally, using it, using that particular analogy. With Samadhi, you're learning more and more clearly to connect, connect, connect to what's happening in your own process, your own body-mind. Not to spin out on it, not to just yap about it, talk about it in your head, or complain about it, but actually to really connect to it. Mm-hmm. And the the quality of 
the connectedness of samadhi has a, has a similar kind of resonance to it. And this is one of the things we've been you know, working towards cultivating in anapanasati, mindfulness of, of breathing, which is a device for, or way of developing samadhi, just learning to resonate with the breath, not see it, watch it, look at it, you know, as, as on a sense, just as a sense experience, but resonate with it. You know, the vibration of it, the flow of it, the rhythm of it, the movement of it, the pulse of it. Mm. What it sends, how it suffuses, what it sends rippling, what how it shimmers, what it, how, how it reaches, and recognizing that energetic expression may be powered by this muscular movement or that muscular movement of breathing is part of it, but the resonance extends past that, beyond that. And if, if one cultivates, then the resonance extends to the point where actually the, 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 the purely muscular and respiratory aspect of breathing you know, fades way back, uh, stops or calms, so it's hardly discernible. Buddha talked of um, when you cultivate anapanasati, the in-breath, out-breath, the long breath, the short breath. Mm. The long breath is really opening the pathway, you know, like, like you say, breaking up the density, the, the contractedness of our, of our system, where you maybe just get a little kind of sniff and a grunt and a gasp coming through or vaguely felt but really you know softening the texture of the experienced body it's the same old lump of meat but as an experience the body becomes something lighter more open more more fluid uh, vibrant as you cultivate you cultivate in these particular ways and then opening a pathway so the, the breath energy can travel through that. You get the, what's called the long breath. Breathing in long, breathing out long. And it seems to ring through the whole being. Breathing in short, breathing out short. The second step. And this is when um, there's a kind of taking up of the slack of those, of that, those effects. So in a way, it's rather like um, you know, fluffing up something or unfolding a sheet to take the crinkles out of it, you know, spreading it out and, and fluffing it up and working it out, and then then carefully, you know, picking or packing it away into something more compact, ironing it, straightening it. Mm-hmm. Short breath begins to occur as one as one's long breath. Uh, completes itself. It's like now there's now it's not being held back. You know, it's not checked and choked. So it's now it's full and it's a time rather um, almost like as you eat food, it's a time when you you, know, you really wonderful, you really go for it. And it's a time when yeah, okay. You just slow down because you've um, you know your your first uh, your first your appetite's been blunted. It's rather like that with the, the breath. It's long at first, as if the, the breath energy or the, has been constricted, and now it's kind of finding movement, and it's exploring, and it begins to settle. It begins to settle through that uh, sense of, of freeing up, and because as one frees up, uh, in line with that, we begin to use that flow of energy and that freeing up of energy to to... Um, clean out the disturbances, uh, the, the darkness, the stickiness, the congestedness, the tightness, the wooziness, and begin to purify. And so that the, those energies which have been u- being used up in in these various disturbance patterns, then also are, are relaxed. So you 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 have uh, there's a lot more um, energy present. Um, and 
that there's a sense of now one is one is not actually having to to use up energy trying to hold things, make things work, push things, or force things. So that the energy is relaxed, it settles, and your breath calms. It gets quieter and softer. And so you get the the actual intake of air becomes less. This breath becomes subtler and softer, and the experience energetically is of instead of the of a of a current running up and down or running, you know, there's just like you've come to the heart of the current, and there's just like a a single chime, a single resonance. Mm. So it can be experienced as first of all you're kind of flowing along with the breath as it moves that's the long breath and the short breath is you now become still and you're just with the breath as it touches as it touches your presence at this time another analogy would be uh, the long breath is when you're actually say riding on the sea or riding on a wave and you're flowing along the short breath is you're standing somewhere and you just feel the wave as it touches you as it breaks over you it's rather like that the sense of, of which in the increasing um, collectedness you're more one pointed mm. so this taking up of the of the loose and of the slack that Im- immediately means that um, the various hindrances have, have been have begun to be allayed energetically and also now don't have the room to work they don't have a lot of loose stuff a lot of cloggy stuff a lot of slidey stuff happening the energies have been gathered together into one point so the hindrances begin to die out or get starved that's really how samadhi works like that Still requires, you know, servicing and working with it. Upanya wisdom is this is the understanding that arises when one is in tune. The the discernment, the the savvy, the the, the clarity that arises when you're in tune. And you quite, um, it can be expressed as what you know is, well, this is suffering, this is the origin, this is the cessation, this is the, this is the path to that cessation. So it's almost as if, you know, right at the, where things arise, you know, oh, oh, that one's a, that one's a bum, no, I'm not going, I'm not playing with that one. You can feel yourself getting pulled, and no, that's suffering. You, you know what it feels like before it's dukkha before it turns into something that, that's spun you out you know which way it's going so things don't don't uh, spin you out so much you need to get, get the beginnings of them the arisings of them but something you know is no and it's not uh not an intellectual experience it's like just a, a change of energy it's like you know when you feel balanced you know when you start to go giddy it's rather like that you know this feels balanced then no I'm leaning over and you didn't have to figure it you feel like your, your body knew it and so that's the kind of discernment that arises with samadhi mm. And these are helpful things to certainly to to cultivate while we're on retreat. And there are there are looking at that um, some of these um, in, a, in, a, in an analogous way. You can extend the scope of the practice, particularly in, in while we're in this situation. Um, so primarily, yeah, it's like 
empathy is important, resonance is important, presence is important, collectedness is important, knowing what what the sliding out feels like. Knowing that sliding out is often is not recognized, we don't get the point because at that time we're under a veil. A veil drops over our eyes and the veil is me. Everything spins around me. And it's not that we're kind of doing this in a, in sort of in a <coughs> megalomaniac way. It doesn't by any mean, means that we feel we're in charge and on top of it all. The sense of me is not necessarily a triumphant one. <laughs> Often it's self-consciousness. You know, it's like that. It's, uh, you know, we want it... The, or the self, or the self-blaming, the self-criticism, as if there's nobody else like you. You know what it's like when when you've got a bad dose of the me's. You know, and you've got this kind of hood. I guess this hood over one's head. And say, you know, this, this is me written on the inside of this hood, and all you can see, you know, me. <laughs> And uh, you know, and whenever I I go into whenever I get that hood on, it's it's a pretty grim thing because it's like you you just don't know how to get it off. <laughs> and sometimes it 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 means you know if there's somebody else there, it helps. If you're in a situation that kind of jolts it in some way, it helps. Or if one has these boundary makers like precepts see that that helps yeah. if one ha- you know just the, the if we've kind of established that primary thing of empathetic concern for others for creatures for people empathetic concern for your own system so you don't you know Drugs, drink, and so forth. Things, and any any other thing that just kind of damages your circuitry. You you know you, you have there's a there's a distaste for harming yourself, for harming this body. So when you've got a dose of the me's, even your own body isn't here. Do you know what I mean? It's really you're really down there. It's just the, this kind of mind state, and you know you, your body goes as well. You're so out. So you know, coming back to body, physical body, physical contact, physical touch. You know, coming out of that, just getting some sense of resonance with with this. Walking, sitting, standing. Exercising something, um, and then you know, being able to gradually pull that in to meditation. But uh, meditation is is you know at least the, on the level at which we normally teach in retreats and so forth is kind of really to almost towards the the latter latter part of that process. You know, it's kind of when you've you've come back more somewhere within within calling distance, as it were. <laughs> and sometimes you you know you go out of that where meditation isn't it either. You know, sitting there it doesn't do any good. You just sit there thinking, me 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 me. me. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't say meditation is the answer, but dharma. And there are many dharma practices. You know. And so one should not ignore the larger field of Dharma uh, at all. And, you know, in, in, there are very simple things, you know, just like, like actually, you know, sort of mindfulness in daily life is, 
is the, the chapter of the book. You know, so touching things clearly, being able to touch what we touch clearly. You know, how we move around, how we do things, how we care for things, how we look after things, and you know, in retreat centers, situations like this, uh, you know, having work to do, chores to do, is is not just a way of getting some cheap, sweated labor, but <laughs> but it's also just a very basic therapy, you know, for staying in touch and for touching the earth and for, you know, this place is shared by people, people are going to come after me, people are sharing this place, let's, you know, I don't care if it looks like a mess actually, it's fine, I don't mind, but <laughs> when you've got the me's, but when it's others, then, well, you know, we do it like that. And in here also, just, just realizing, you know, in a situation where there's no or very limited talking, then a little bit of warmth goes an amazingly long way. You know, we're like sponges that have been squeezed out, all our verbal stuff. Our verbals have been, been sort of squeezed out. So, like a dry sponge, there's a little bit of warmth. You really, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is thing just like a you know a, a, a kindly look, a kind of you know somebody you, you're waiting at the sink and to wash your plate and somebody says, oh, do that for you. you know, dries up your plate or something or you know just very ordinary human things. You know. uh, yeah. Serving each other food. And getting that feeling of of serving each other, just because we're 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 human beings, just we don't have to know each other that well or even like each other that much. But you know, that's that's another one of those human things, like like I am. It's not just the part of the background. It's not the wallpaper. Yeah. And we often it's com- coming out of that the two-dimensional world of me into the three-dimensional world of there is an other. You know? <laughs> that, you know, your, your, your own empathetic net is spread by that. It doesn't take that much, actually. Your empathetic net is spread and you can hold your own stuff much more responsively, much more resonantly.